there's a party going on around here. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and I am without Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Shrinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. I would normally tell Zeke to say hello to the folks, but since he's not here, I have three replacements. So, Zeke, if you are listening, it takes three people to <laughs> take one hair of that mustache that you used to have and just walk in your shoes. But it is awesome because I have Gino, Christy, and Dave... From Franklin Wine and Spirits, we are having a bourbon social here on a Monday. I just first have to say hats off to Christy because when she said that we were going to do this event, she said, come down to the store, we'll do a little bit of podcasting. And I was like, all right, should we get like three people to be there slinging some stuff with us? She sends me this email and she's like, I have 10 distilleries coming. And as you can hear, there's music playing, there's... 10 distilleries here. There's Bardstown Bourbon Company. There's Jep the Creed. There's Infused. There's Wheeler's Raid. There's Wild Turkey. There's Cavalon. There's Filibuster. What am I missing? Chattanooga Whiskey. Chattanooga. How could I forget Chattanooga <laughs> And Wheeler's whiskey? Raid, too. Those guys are here with us. And Wheeler's Raid is here, also with their 54 North cocktails. But say hello to the folks, all of you. It is, this is a great thing you all are doing. I'm Dave. Hello, everybody. Hello. Christy here. <laughs> and I'm Gino. He's going to hate me for this. Gino shares a name with my favorite pizza place in Boston. Boston. And and Gino and I, we do share some Boston roots, him and I. And, and when I moved in the area a couple months ago and I came in the store and I was like, well, I wonder what's going on down here. You all have a hell of a lot going on in the store. Now, Gino, you are the fearless leader. Christy, you are handling a lot of the marketing stuff. Dave, you run the Bourbon Club and just generally know a heck of a lot of stuff about whiskey and and wine and spirits. It's great to have all of you here with me. Gino, tell me a little bit about the store. What got you into actually starting a liquor store? What made what made you want to go through this hell every day? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out. So anyway, no, I've been... Uh, Dave, uh, Dave started the store almost eight years ago, and uh, I came on part-time with him with the opening, wanted to kind of work in the wine world, been drinking wine and pairing wine with food for forever and a day, and so Dave was kind enough to um, have me be part of the staff, and I've been with him for seven plus years, and then last year when Dave wanted to retire... Uh, you, you've I, done a good job at that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, I said, uh, Dave, I, I would love to have a chance to take the store from you and been here for that seven years, seen uh, the clientele, seen some of the process, uh, seen how the stores unfolded. And so, you know, I spent a year going through all the legal stuff. And last year, October 4th, Dave passed the baton over to me and been here and fortunate enough to have Dave stay on as, uh, as not uh, just a part-time person, but uh, a support and someone who has known the store and has helped out. And he's a sommelier on top of that. So, you know, couldn't ask for a better person to help. Well, I couldn't think of anybody better to sell the store. Gino was the only person other than myself, and that includes the rest of my family, that was here <laughs> the entire time that the store has been open. 
we just started talking one day and kind of said, well, if you're ever interested in selling a store, I go, well, maybe we should talk. <laughs> and I think this discussion happened in Sunday school of all places. Yes. I've been dumped at church. It's okay. I mean, like I was a Catholic school kid. Stuff happens. There's some amazing stuff and some terrible stuff that happens on church. You should there. see some of our socials. Absolutely. <laughs> but, Dave, I mean, for you, it's it's tremendously hard to become a sommelier, and, and kudos to you for that because the years, years of training, what got you into the liquor business in the first place? What, what kind of made you gravitate to sommelier and then actually wanting to start a store? Yeah, it was uh, uh, kind of a happy they got out of control you know I started collecting um, my wife will say I'm, I collect a lot of things but wine was one of them and started out with a little 12 bottle thing on top of the kitchen cabinet and then a hundred bottle thing and the next thing you know I'm putting a wine cellar in my basement and then basically um, I've been in the healthcare business for 27 years and uh, I'd thought I'd been thinking for two or three years about if I was going to do something what would I do couple other things I really enjoyed doing. You look at it from a retail perspective, uh, watching movies, well, the DVD business is just gone. <laughs> Love to read, so bookstores, they're gone. You know, uh, they just closed the last blockbuster in the U.S. Really? very wow. recently. Oh, I thought that yeah, happened Yeah, it's amazing. Time. And that, actually, uh, an old blockbuster on the other side of Franklin was one of the spaces I looked at. <laughs> um, but... Um, so I left wines, and that was the only thing that was really still a thriving business. Uh, and so um, I decided to pursue that. And then since I was coming from a healthcare background, um, I thought to have a little bit of credibility in the business, uh, that's why I decided to go get my sommelier certification. So uh, it was a lot of studying, and I'm just at the, the basic level, but uh, and it's, um, you, you still learn more every day. Absolutely. I feel the same way about bourbon, and I'm sure that, that you two were not expecting people like me to start coming in and having all the, uh, the questions that we do about bourbon and, and uh, the enthusiasm. I, I mean, I think wine enthusiasts can be a special breed of people, but I think bourbon people take it probably a step further, except a lot of times I think bourbon people come in and just go, hey, you got any pappy? And then they walk right out. You know, so it is, or Blanton's. Or, now it's Blanton's. It's gone down to Blanton's. No, it's gone down to Buffalo Trace, I'm telling you. Oh. Everything's allocated nowadays, it seems like. It's rough. It's a jungle out there. We're happy to have you all as stewards to actually provide the brown liquid for all of us to drink and enjoy. And Christy, last but not least... You have an interesting story because you actually used to be a real estate agent, and then all of a sudden uh, you realize that selling houses is not always fun, but <laughs> selling people booze is even better. Nobody so. says no to wine or booze. Nobody, nobody turns me down, <laughs> which is fascinating. And I happened into this business by, by chance also. Gino and I met through a CrossFit gym, and we were workout buddies, and he mentioned he purchased the store. I wanted a part-time job and had a uh, had, had always, um, you know, enjoyed wine or bourbon or any of the other spirits <laughs> and definitely wanted to learn more. And I've, I have a knack for sales and marketing and I've been doing that for 10 plus years now. So it was just a natural fit. And I got here and realized how much fun it is to just talk to people about it and to learn about it and to try. 
so many different things. And I've had the pleasure of learning from Dave and learning from Gino and all the other wonderful folks here. So many, so many things, so many new things. And bourbon has really caught my attention. And I've totally fangirled on you now. <laughs> now that uh, now that you are um, a patron of our store, that was a really shining moment for my my marketing career here at the store. I really do appreciate you coming in and and giving. I'm not a, anybody important. Yeah, but, the, but it made us it made us all feel pretty darn good that that um, that what we were doing was getting out to the market that that somebody noticed. And we appreciate that very much. Well, it was funny because I knew about you guys because you had had an OWA pick last year. And mm-hmm. I missed out on that because I was like, I don't know where the hell Franklin Wine and Spirits is. And I knew where Carruthers was. You know, I, I knew where Cool Springs Wine and Spirits is. And then I didn't realize that right around the corner from where I was going all the time, right in McKay's Mill, right next to the Publix in McKay's Mill. And it was when I moved down here and I went to go to the grocery store and I went, shoot, that's where Franklin Wine and Spirits is? And then I came in and and you see the store. Now, there is a hell of a lot of wine back here. So if y'all are looking for a good wine, this is the place to go. But then I noticed, I was like, hey, you guys have an Old Elk. You have a filibuster. You had a journeyman pick. And it's like, here's a store that is really trying to probably up what they are doing for the bourbon consumer as you've been typically known as a wine store. And you all are out there trying to get some barrel picks. And then Christy and I started talking. She's like, I have this idea. I was like, I want to let people know the good stuff you're doing here and that you're doing these events like a bourbon social where you have... 10 distilleries in here giving free tastings. I mean, this essentially, there was a whiskey event that happened a couple weeks ago in town that had 30 distilleries. This has one third of that. You all are doing this for free for your customers. I want you to think about that. And I know Christy has these moments where she doesn't realize how good of a job she's doing. You basically did a third of... What oh, people were paying <laughs> a lot of money to do. And this is something you wanted to do to give back to the patrons of your store, something that you wanted to do to get everybody hanging out and, and doing something fun. And also to open people's minds and eyes to some of the other brands that are out there that are, that are coming up, that are coming out with some new stuff and some new fun stuff. The Jephtha Creed, is, I'm going to fangirl on her in here just a little bit because I, I love that that is a woman-owned distillery that is that is a very empowering thing in this for me in this day and age being the only female sitting at the table i appreciate that um but also the chattanooga whiskey it's fantastic stuff and then the cavalon not many people get the opportunity to try the cavalon and it is phenomenal so just to give our customers and our friends and, and neighbors a chance to experience some of these different things and not have to buy a $125 ticket to go to one of the bigger events, but to come and shop in our store and and enjoy that stuff. And that's something we've always done with all of our single barrel picks because every single barrel is different. We always have a sample of those open so you can try it before you decide whether you want to buy it or not. Uh, I remember one time we had a a single barrel selection of Eagle Rare. Oh, man. And a gentleman came in the store and uh, we were sampling. I said, would you like to try our single barrel Eagle Rare? And he goes, well, I don't like Eagle Rare. I said, well, the thing about single barrels is everyone's different. And so he tried it, loved it, bought a bottle, 
If he hadn't have tried that, he probably would have never had Eagle Rare again. So exactly. it's like we, we got a, a, a somebody converted back to, to Eagle Rare, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's just the thing about with all these new, so many new distilleries popping up. Uh, and, you know, you do you want to buy 30, 40, 50 more dollar bottle of something that you don't know you're going to like or not? So it's great to have these events so that people get to try things, see what they like, and, and then go from there. But like you said, you guys are one of those stores. I feel like Nashville does this better than other places where you go into a store and you say, hey, you have a bottle of Rua there. You guys have a, a store pick of Rua right now, which I happen to really like. The only other one I've had was a 404 kitchen pick. But you guys have a tasting bar. If you've never had Rua and, and you don't realize what a malted barley is going to taste like and, and more of that American malt, hey, come down to Franklin Wine Spirits. Dave, Christy, Gino would be happy to pour you a sample of it, just like your filibuster pick, just like your Old Elk pick. And, and you know how much we love Old Elk if you've listened to this show. But I think Nashville does that better, and the Middle Tennessee area does that better than other cities in the sense that we're welcoming. And y'all are taking a hit on that. I mean, that's a a bottle or two that you guys are actually taking a hit on, and that's okay. You you guys realize that is a marketing thing where you're actually getting your customers to taste and believe by experiencing. And then after you get that trust built up, they still might come in and taste it because, hey, free whiskey. But they're they're coming in. They're going, man, I know they picked a great barrel last time. I know they had a, a barrel old elk that I really, really liked. I'm going to trust them on this one. Well, I also think what you find is you come in, you try it, you love it. Well, you have five or six friends. You go talk to them and say, you ought to come try this. And, you know, next thing is just this snowball thing is sort of a, you know, um, we uh, the years I own the story. We always worried about the investment in marketing. You yeah. know, we had TV ads, radio, newspaper. What works? You never. There's no way to really do it. But nothing seems to be beating word of mouth. So. I heard podcast ads do really. Well. <laughs> you think so? Sponsorships. <laughs> hey, I am uh, I am fangirling and sponsoring dads drinking bourbon. Uh, headgear at this moment so <laughs> no I'm, I'm glad that this is not a sponsored opportunity everybody listening we are no I paid for my hat <laughs> and just like I am not taking a dime for being at the store today this is just friends sitting around having a good time and that joke was too easy I, I couldn't couldn't not say it I'm fascinated by how much social media connects little groups like the bourbon community and just the hashtags that you guys use and some of and and just about anyone who posts about their particular drink of the evening they Are you use talking the about the deck pour the deck pour or the i love bourbon or the bourbon gram or whiskey um whiskey we, love or something like that we are the originators of the deck pour uh, and the funny thing is when we started hashtag deck pour the other thing that you get is all these construction people that actually do a a cement pour for your deck. So I'm sure when I started doing hashtag deck pour, these construction workers were like, what the hell? What is this guy doing? But I used to sit on my deck at my old house and I can't wait until my new house is done 
and uh, I can sit on the deck again and enjoy a pour. But if you look at hashtag deck pour, I'll have to go back. Now we have a little following that is actually doing deck pours, but you go back and you see all these construction people just pouring deck. Concrete. Construction people drink bourbon too, right? I mean, I just hope one of them is going to look at it and go, shit, I want to drink that stuff. Like, what's that? I I need to be doing that. But uh, you're right. The community is the craziest part of, of bourbon. I think that's one of the things that makes me gravitate towards bourbon over other spirits. It's not just the fact that I graduated from Kentucky. It's from the distilleries down to the people that are enjoying it. It's one of those things where everybody takes care of each other. Mm -hmm. The stores take care of each other. The distilleries take care of each other. The podcasts take care of each other. The, The people that are drinking it take care of each other. And that's what I love about it. It's all about experiences. I can tell you guys, as Italian as I am, I can't tell you the first thing about wine. I can tell you I think Malbec is underappreciated, <laughs> and it's a great thing to get on a menu. But if you were to tell me what's the difference between this type of Cab Sav and this Pinot Grigio and, and the Pinot Noir, I'd, I'd just be like, I don't know. Like, one's red, one's white. That's okay. I think Gino has the same feeling about bourbon. So, <laughs> but, but I realized through what Dave has done over the years is – he's created this bourbon following and as I started to look at purchasing the store the one kind of plan for me was to expand the bourbon area because we had so many people come in and and buy bourbon we've got the bourbon club and it just meant it was a no-brainer to think you know there's something here and, and I couldn't tell you, you can put four bourbons, and I couldn't tell you the, the difference between a lot of those, just like you can in terms of wine. But, but I know that people enjoy it, a lot of people enjoy it. And so it only made sense to say, you know, we have a few less bottles of wine, but we've got more bourbon. Great. It has to be interesting being next to a Publix where they can now sell wine. But sure. let's not even... <laughs> but with that is... The store being where it's located in this subdivision, it's it's for me, it's part of the community. Yeah. Regardless if public sells wine or whatever beer, we being part of the McKay's Mill family to me is really important. And I can see a lot of people having this be their home base. You know, you're driving home, you need a daily drinker, you need a wild turkey 101, you need a bottle of wine, you're having a dinner party, you're doing whatever. It's, it's one of those places where it's like, oh, yeah, it's convenient. It's right on the way home. Sure. Let me go stop here. But I, I think to get back to your learning journey of bourbon and whiskey, <laughs> the thing to understand, what I find interesting about wine is you can take the same grapes and make different expressions out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and different vintages out of it. You take the same grains and the configuration of grains yeah. And what I think makes bourbon and whiskey a little bit interesting is just like you would have the barrels in wine that, that provide flavor, the, the barrels really do 65% of the work in whiskey, but that mash bill, there are so many different variations of the mash bill that it's impossible for everybody to know everything about whiskey. It's one of those things where this one has a little bit more malt. This one has a little bit more barley. This one has a little bit more rye. This one has wheat. This one doesn't even have rye. It all has to be a variation of corn. 
And that's, right. you know, that's one thing you know. Right. Just like wine is a variation of grape. But look at Buffalo Trace. Yeah. They basically have two mash bills. And it really is the barrels and which rick houses it goes in and which row and what floor yeah are the doors open or are they closed so, are so they? i mean you get stuff going from you know ancient age to pappy van winkle uh it's really just the the barrels and how much charring and the aging right. and and then the art part of it with the master distiller coming in sampling the barrels as they age and how well they're doing well okay so this barrel is determined it's going to be over here of this product and this one is much maturing much nicer and it's going to be a different product so it's really just how they evolve in the barrel and the master distiller seeing the potential of that barrel and designating where it's going to go absolutely so i will tell you i will leave you with the one piece of advice that i always tell everyone bourbon is stupid just drink it and enjoy it. <laughs> but That's the best plan. We, we definitely appreciate this, and we definitely appreciate you having us out. I want to get some of the people that are actually pouring some of the whiskey to come over and say sure. something to us. But I just... Thank you, John. Is, no, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am thanking all of you because this is an event that is really, really awesome. I can't say this enough. The fact that a store would do... A mini, you know, it's not even a mini. It is a third. It's not even like Zoolander where it's like, it must be three <laughs> times bigger than this. It's, it's an awesome event, and you all should be proud, each and every one of you, that you guys put this together. Thank you. And that you have this going on in the neighborhood. And when you talk about the community of McKay's Mill and what you guys are doing the community in Franklin and, and McKay's Mill, you know, more specifically on a microcosm, this is a really cool thing you all are doing, and I hope you do more stuff like this in the future. So Absolutely. thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you talk thank about you. the friendship within the distilleries. I mean, we I watched as the different distillers and, and others came in. They were all just happy to see each other. Sure. It's not like, oh, this is going to be a competition. No, it's like, let's this, this enjoy all this together. Yeah. You know, yeah. the more I, the merrier. It's the same thing, yeah. That's wonderful. Cool. Thank well, you. Well, awesome. Thank, thank you. you. We're going to take a little break. We will be right back right. on Dad's Shrinking Bourbon. Today's show is sponsored by CaskCartel.com, the largest online premium spirits marketplace. Think of CaskCartel.com as the Amazon of the spirits world because they connect consumers to numerous local licensed retailers that operate with a third-party shipping platform. CaskCartel.com's goal is convenience for you, their customer. If you're searching for hard-to-find products or your everyday drinker, CaskCartel.com wants to help. Follow and engage with CaskCartel.com on Instagram, and you may even receive free samples to taste and review yourself. CaskCartel.com also knows shipping is everyone's number one turnoff. Check out their website regularly for discounts or sign up for their newsletters. Remember, CaskCartel.com, changing the industry standard. And we are back at Franklin Wine and Spirits for their bourbon social, which this is a pretty crazy thing that they are actually doing on a Monday to have 10 distilleries here, a bunch of people coming through. It's good times. We have two friends that decided to sit down with us. Y'all know John from Chattanooga Whiskey, and he's in town, so he decided to come sit back with us. But we also have Ryan from Bardstown Bourbon Company. Both of you came back here. This is freaking crazy that a store is doing this on a Monday, getting all of you out 
I was telling them, normally people have to pay for this. And this is like an event somebody would actually go to and pay money. How the hell did they get both of you here? That's a good question. We just hired someone for Nashville recently. She said, I was at Franklin Wine and Spirits. They said they would bring in some of the new whiskey that, you, that we just released if uh, we came here and hung out on a Monday. <laughs> and I was like, on a Monday? No one, no one does tastings on a Monday. She proved me wrong. I walked in the door today to see her and 10 other distilleries dropping their juice all over the place. And it's been a pretty cool experience to see that on a Monday in a, in a liquor store. Very rare. Ryan, you do a lot of tastings. Do you normally see this on a Monday? No, not at all. And just because we just launched Nashville July 1st, I basically am not saying no to anything right now. (laughs) Um, So come on a Monday, come on a Sunday, like whenever it needs to be. We'll be here trying to get the word out there and let people try the, the juice that we're putting out. I will say if anyone's trying to date Ryan, his girlfriend is here. So he is saying no <laughs> to some things. Shoot. I was right? going to ask him to go out with me later. I know. Me too. And then I found out he was taken. Bummer. And it was a huge bummer. Very disappointing. I'm really happy to have both of you here because I kind of put you both in the same boat as, you know, John, you guys have been around for a while. 2011. The, 2011. I mean, that's in the whiskey game, right? eight years now is a, a long time but yeah. you guys are young in the sense of putting out your own stuff and Bardstown I mean your stuff your own stuff that is amazing that I got to have the white dog of it's aging it's sleeping right now and, and you're ready to explode you have your three sourced products that you guys put out now with your fusion your discovery and your Pfeiffer Favit. But tell us a little bit about your whiskey. I, I know we reviewed it, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. What are you guys up to right now? Sure. And then we'll get back to what John's up to. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have those three different expressions out on the market now. Our fusion series is extremely exciting for us because 60% of that juice is coming directly out of our distillery, sitting at about a little over two years old. And then that third distillate that's in there is an 11 and a half year bourbon coming out of Kentucky as well. So get the spicy notes from some of the rye and the, the younger stuff and then a nice like warm like finish with that older bourbon that's in there as well. Yeah, and the, the older stuff that's in there, how old is that older stuff that's in there? It's 11 years, seven months. That's crazy. And, and, and it... It blends well with the youthful stuff that's in there, too. I think you all put that out at a, a very decent price point. That one, That's the one that's 50 bucks, right? 59.99 to 65, yeah, so about 60 bucks on that one. For getting almost 12-year juice on that mixed in with the other stuff, that's very, very fair. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. What's your favorite? Uh, I know you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. So people ask that all the time, and because they're all just completely different, it's almost like Fusion's a really nice kind of everyday sipper. Discovery, a little higher proof, a little older stuff when it starts cooling down a little bit at night, just like sitting on the back porch and sure. sipping on on that. Um, and then our collaborative series with that Pfeiffer Pavit, that really nice, clean red wine characteristics that shine through in that, it just... It's almost like there's an occasion for all of them. So I, I honestly don't have a favorite one. That is the correct answer, though. And, and you set it up perfectly. It's, you know, if you're going to have a deck pour, go ahead and, and go to that discovery. If you're going to have a regular everyday pour. And I think the proofs actually lend itself to that, too, because the fusion's a little bit lower of a proof than that discovery. And I think the oakiness of the finish of that discovery really pairs well with a nice cigar. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I really see that coming through. I don't love wine finish whiskey, but mm-hmm. your your Pfeiffer Pavit was the first one that kind of made me go, yeah, 
they they really are onto something here. I mean, we've we've had some distilleries on the show, and they were like, "Yeah, we brought this Cabernet finish for you," and we're like, "No, it's it's nothing against you. I just don't gravitate towards a wine finish, sure. and I get that dry mouth." And I had yours, and I was like, "All right, this is this is really making me reconsider wine finish." I had a wine finish one that was a very very good local distillery and and the bottle sat half drank for two years in my cabinet and i just gave it to somebody (laughs) but i i love things that make me perk up and take notice and that's i think what both of you are doing i mean john you have your 91 and your 111 i'm not going to make everybody reset it through the interview yeah, that we exactly. just did that was amazing and Good there's time. no corks on the table i just want to mention that but how's everything going in nashville i mean that's what i want to know you guys just have your your big release yeah how is the release going with the 91 and 111 this is like a where are they now that's only happened two weeks ago so yeah no. where are you now yeah exactly well thanks for having me back um it's been a pretty badass two weeks since we launched uh since we launched nashville you know, we have sourced our product out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana, originally, and we're making the full transition 200% made juice. People are really enjoying it. We've allowed people to try both the products that we sourced out of Lawrenceburg versus the products that we have made in Chattanooga that are 100% made. And the feedback's been incredible. I think that we've we've got a good product on our hands. And being the only Tennessee high malt whiskey is something that people are interested in, which is pretty cool. So the feedback's been great. People are buying the product. It's moving on the shelves. Could sales always be better? Absolutely. But we're very happy the direction it's headed. We are very, very happy that you are putting out that 91 and the, the 111. And, you know, the other reason why I wanted to grab both of you at the same time, there was a whiskey event that happened here a couple weeks ago. And I have to tell you guys, the, the two distilleries, I mean, Buffalo Trace, that event, they brought out the Amaranth of the Gods. They brought out Weller. The 2019 Weller, they brought out the the 2019 Handy. You had Kentucky Owl Rye Batch 3 that was there. But I'm telling you, the chatter that came from that event is everybody was like, did you have the Bardstown and did you have the Chattanooga Whiskey? And I am not bullshitting you. I have no reason to bullshit you on that. There are people that were in chat groups that were like, man, I had the discovery and I absolutely loved it. And then there are people that people were torn between the 91 and the 111. I keep telling them to do half and half. Before you leave here, you have to try the half and half of the the 91 and the 111 with the Chattanooga whiskey, but there are some people that are really gravitating towards that, that 111. I keep telling people I can't get over how much that 91 packs flavor. It's a lot. It's kind of like the discovery. I mean, I out of the three... For Bardstown, the Discovery is my favorite. And that's kind of where I gravitate to is more of a higher proof whiskey. And I love that Discovery that you guys have. It's funny with Chattanooga, it's almost like that 91 and it's the Solera aging that goes in with that that whiskey. John was nice enough to let me try the Solera straight from the barrel. And that was like 117 proof. 117, yep. I'm begging you. You're begging yeah. you to text me the other day about it. I, I'm all about it. I think that's a great idea. We've talked about it too, and who knows? I think you're going to see a lot of cool stuff that uh, that can come from Chattanooga whiskey in the future for sure. I absolutely know that great stuff is going to come yeah. from Chattanooga. Thanks. As far as Bardstown goes, the list—and this is going to sound like I'm doing an ad for you guys—I'm not. But the list of great shit that is coming from Bardstown right now 
you know, chicken cock is going to be coming from Bardstown. Kentucky Owl is going to be coming from Bardstown. Belmead is going to be coming from Bardstown. Jefferson's is going to be coming from Bardstown. James E. Pepper is going to be coming from Bardstown. Did I get them all? Uh, High West is another one. Calumet. The list just kind of keeps on cruising. Wow. It's And I can't get over. It's one of these things. Awesome. Yeah. I know I'm going to go up and have a longer podcast with y'all up there, but I can't get over. It's like one of those things you see a Ferrari see a very good looking Ferrari and that's the way that I describe Bardstown to everybody is like you drive up to the distillery and everything's white you have that big grassy wall the leather couches everything looks super classy it looks like a Ferrari but then you know most Ferraris have like a V12 <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff going sure. on behind the yeah. scenes and then you go back behind the scenes at Bardstown and you see the schedule and you see all the things that they're doing and how they have to clean out stills. That's awesome. You know, you dude. see, you yeah, see it all. Yeah, check that out. It's awesome. It's crazy. It, it's the Ferrari of distilleries in the sense that they're always churning, they're always doing something, and there's so much going on. And the logistics of it all makes me dork out because they have to be sitting there. I mean, you guys know, John, you guys know you picked your mash. And you're like, all right, this is what we're running. Everything yeah. else goes at the experimental distillery. Bard sounds like, all right, we're doing our own stuff right now. Sure. Then we're moving to this one. Then we're moving to this one. We're moving to this one. And then there's the ones that they can't even tell us about. The secrets. Yeah. The secrets. Yeah. So I just love what both of y'all are doing. Thanks. And I just want yeah, to have you over that. to say thank you. Please keep up the good work. And I was just happy to grab you guys for a couple minutes. And Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for coming Thanks on. for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for having Where us. can the folks find Bartown? I mean, I know you're on Bartown Bourbon Company on Instagram. Sure. BartownBourbonCompany.com. Absolutely. Yeah, you can go, and I think it should be about a week out where you can go to BartownBourbon.com and book tours. So oh, our sweet. tour facility is just right on the cusp of being finished as well. So really nice restaurant there, so you can book a reservation for lunch and then come do a tour with us as well. And the thing I love about it, they have these poor... Have you been up there yet, John? I haven't. No, I look forward to it. They have this whole, like, vault, and I swear... Yeah. It's awesome. It's I had like I, 1969 old charter and it was not expensive. There are, now granted there are some pours on there that are that are going to be expensive. You can find some really good value vintage pours on there that are awesome and go ahead and go to Bottled and Bond. It's it's a good time. And John, everybody knows go down to the experimental distillery in Chattanooga. Yep. Check out what you guys are doing. The bars down there. Our boy Corey is running stuff down yeah, there. Yes. And uh, go ahead and find it's Chat Whiskey. Yep, at Chat Whiskey. Uh, it's our Instagram. And then if you can find us at ChattanoogaWhiskey.com, you can book tours online. And we'll, you can find a lot of information about the experimental releases that we have done in the past and the stuff that's going to be coming out in the near future. So, And you can find all of the whiskey of Bartstown Bourbon Company and Chattanooga Whiskey now in Nashville. Absolutely. So check them out. We're going to take a quick break. John, Ryan, thank you guys so much for coming. Thank and we'll talk yeah, to you all again. soon. Thanks, man. All right, we are back at Franklin Wine and Spirits. It is the Bourbon Social. It is a Monday whiskey event at Franklin Wine and Spirits that is turning into a pretty crazy thing. And I have to say, we have a great friend of the show, Andy Brennan from Campari Wild Turkey, is joining us in this makeshift studio we have at the back of Franklin Wine and Spirits. Andy, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's not every day we get you. You are very elusive. A lot of the time you pass the baton to Bruce, Joanne, Eddie, 
Jimmy, whoever else is at the wild turkey thing, but you're always lurking in the background. For those of you that listened to our interview with Bruce Russell, Andy was there. You were there. You just didn't talk. What, what's up? Nobody wants to hear what I have to say if you have Bruce in the room. They do want to hear what you have to say because you are the guy that is out there making it happen in Nashville. You are coordinating all the barrel picks for the state of Tennessee. You are out there slinging, making sure everybody has their whiskey, making sure everybody has... What's the other stuff? All the stuff under Campari's umbrella. How many spirits are you in charge of? Uh, The total portfolio, Campari has about 30 or so different brands. Sky Vodka and Wild Turkey are our biggest. We do Espelon tequila, Cabo tequila, Appleton Estate Rum. We have some Canadian whiskeys. We have a whole Italian portfolio, Campari, Aperol, Averna, Braulio, Chinar. We have kind of covered the gamut across all categories, really. You passed the test. I was put, I was like, it's like how many kids do you have? And you have to name all your kids. I have yeah. to look at the back of my business card a lot of times. <laughs> and even half the time, like there's one or two that we've sold or we don't, we don't do anymore. So, Do you just uh, cross them out instead of making new business cards or do you have to? About every six months we get an email saying, do you need new business cards? But I try to not kill too many trees. So I just keep them and I just tell people like, we don't sell Carolyn's Irish cream anymore. <laughs> or, you know, we don't. Florida Kanye rum isn't ours anymore. So, I am excited because we did just have Cornerstone Rye, which was very, very, very good. I think it takes a little bit of time for it to open, but it's a unique rye. I don't think a lot of people would expect it. You know, a lot of people that, that think of rye, they think of that MGP rye, they think of that Alberta rye. It is a Kentucky rye where... You know, Eddie put that alligator char on there. It takes a little bit more time for it to open. The the closest thing I think it goes to is more of like a Knob Creek rye, where it has some characteristics of a bourbon and some characteristics of a rye together, and it kind of has that taste to it. But I know you're a busy man because everybody's hitting you up for that. <laughs> you're slinging Long Branch and Rare Breed today, and I have to say, those are... Two very, very good things, and I'm not just kissing your ass because you're on our show, but I like Long Branch. Long Branch replaced Basil Hayden for me in the sense of what do you give someone who's kind of a newbie, and granted there's going to be plenty of established drinkers that like Long Branch as a daily drinker, Mm -hmm. but when you're easing someone into some whiskey, Long Branch kind of has that hickory smoke that's a little more approachable. It's a little bit lower of a proof, and it's priced a little bit better than Basil Hayden is. And then you have Rare Breed, which I think is one of the best damn bourbons on the shelf that isn't allocated. You can find it in every store for 45 bucks. You brought some. You brought some heavy hitters today. I mean, you didn't bring the cornerstone, but you brought some heavy hitters. Unfortunately, I didn't want to bring anything. Uh, you know, I didn't want to get the people riled up and then not tell them where can I get it. I'm like, well, you can't. It's already everything. It's already sold out. Yeah, the cornerstone rye was was really cool, and you you guys have Bruce to thank for that. Both Eddie and Jimmy really like rye, obviously, but Bruce is really the the one pushing behind that. It was it's cool because our you know we have a Russell's six year rye that's a small batch and we have a Russell's single barrel rye that is on average about six years old so they really kind of pushed some of the rye stock to kind of its limits with you know with that and I think to your point it was everybody grabbed it Tennessee was one of the first states to get it it had only liquid had only been in the bottle about two weeks so that's kind of the recommendation we're giving is have people open it let it sit for a little bit and I've tried it each week since I've had the bottle and it's gotten better and better each week. And then, you know, funny enough with the, you know, when you told me about this event, I was like, well, what can we bring that kind of 
two bottles that kind of cover the gamut of the portfolio. To your point, you know, you hear a lot of times people say, well, wild turkey has that spice or that bite or it's, you know, too high a proof. When we signed the contract with McConaughey to be our creative director, he turned to Eddie Russell and was like, can I help? And he's like, can I, can I make a bourbon? And Eddie said, no, you can't. And he's like, you can have no part of this. But he's like, I can make one for you. So he essentially told him the flavor that he likes, the notes he wanted to hit, and he wanted it to be more of like a sessionable drink where, you know, I think Matt McConaughey likes to drink a little bit, so he wasn't looking to have something super high proof. And Can't you just picture him on the stills? Like, well, all right, Eddie. That's what Eddie said. He's like, I want you, you know, you're coming nowhere near this. Uh, and so they threw the they threw the hickory and the mesquite, you know, kind of the filtering in. And that really, I think Eddie even said he was really surprised at how much that mellowed it out. And funny enough, he said it took about two years and about 40 different samples. Eddie said he was sending DHL samples all over the world to, like, China and Hong Kong and Australia, <laughs> wherever he was recording. And he said, funny enough, he McConaughey calls him at, like, 2.30 in the morning one time, blitzed, and said, he's like, this is it. This is the one I want. And he was camping with his family on his property in Texas. And, and he was like, all right. And they, that's the liquid they rolled with. So we always tell people, like, it's not meant to be an entry-level bourbon, but it is. It, it's much sweeter than the typical wild turkey, you know, tasting profile. So you can kind of sip it. And it's good and very mixable, good, good and neat. He wanted one that was good and neat. And then on the flip side, you have rare breed which is, you know, cast strength, 116.8 proof. Normally that's a 6.8 and 12-year blend. And Bruce, I think, told us about this on the podcast uh, last fall. So much of the 8-year-old liquid that normally goes into rare breed had to be pulled aside for Long Branch because they were expecting to sell about 4,000 cases of Long Branch last year, and they sold 25,000 cases the first year out. So they're all tied together. Yep. And so rare breed, this current batch of rare breed is a 6, 12, and 15-year blend at 116.8. Future batches will change, and they keep raising the proof a little bit each time, but it's uh, it's pretty good. So it kind of they're tied together a little bit, those two brands, and it's kind of neat because they're the opposite ends of the spectrum as far as proof and uh, tasting profile. Well, I just want to say... I got to have you on some other time to go deeper into your job because I think it's a little interesting and, and sometimes you guys, you're underappreciated. I'll just say that, you know, the, the road warriors that are out slinging whiskey and handing it out to everyone and, and you're at every single whiskey event and you're doing all the stuff, but you also have to be in tune to the stores and be in tune to the distillery and not just wild turkey, but everything Campari's doing and for those of us that appreciate whiskey and, and what we're doing and, and what we're drinking, I just want to say thank you. And I can't believe Franklin Wine and Spirits got all these awesome distilleries out here today, but thank you for being a part of it. No, this is awesome. This has been a great event. I look forward to uh, their, their future bourbon social events. Me too. Me too. Well, Andy, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. One of our favorite, favorite guests on the show and, and friend of the show I have to say, is Chandler from Best Brands here in Nashville, Tennessee. And Chandler brought me over something as a little bit of a present. And I don't know what this is. Chandler, what do you have here? So I got some uh, some nice whiskey from, from Taiwan. This is Cavalon, uh, ex-bourbon. And so this, th- this was finished in a bourbon cask? Yeah, several. Actually, Old Forster, Elijah Craig, Four Roses about three others. Just a fantastic expression of whiskey. And this is one of many that they do. My uh, executive vice president for Best Brands went over to Taiwan last year and was able to pick out two single barrels. We're actually in a store that has one 
It's uh, the Taiwanosaurus Rex. Phenomenal. It's in a blue tube, but it's not a paper tube. I mean, it is a crazy, awesome presentation where you have like a metal clasp, but it's a gold colored clasp and blue cloth tube, but it's hard. I mean, it looks like it's a couple hundred bucks to get, and, and the case looks... 50 Yeah, the case mm-hmm. is, is indicative of this is a very nice whiskey that has a very nice presentation. Yeah, it has that, uh, that Asian elegance look to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I, I'm expecting, like, when you open it up, that it's almost going to just have flowers and, and things popping out of it, you know, all, all those kind of Asian accoutrements. But right, right. it is a gorgeous-looking box, and there's, like, white silk on the inside. It's You guys went above and beyond with the presentation of it, and I mm-hmm. think Cavallon probably had something to do with that, but it is a great bottle, too. It's one yeah. that will turn heads. Yeah, if you can find it, there's still there's still a few out there. So, if, How many uh, did you have? We uh, we got around, I think, 26 cases. Oh, man. Yeah, 26 six-packs. And uh, there might be some still out there. If you can get your hands on it, you should definitely try to find it. There might be one at Franklin Wine and Spirits. There is one here. But it might not be here after this. It after might not be here after tonight. Totally. You know, Chandler's working hard. Yeah. To, now, you, you always have some goodies, and, and whenever we see you, you're always making us try something new. A couple weeks ago, you had me try a pretty interesting tequila. Today, it's Cavallon. This is whiskey from Taiwan. They have a bourbon finish. What else do they have? What are the other finishes before we, we get into We've got a sherry finish. Bourbon? We have a uh, port cast finish where they do a vintage tawny. And, uh, and ruby port, a deviation of, uh, of sherry and, and, uh, and bourbon together, but just some fantastic whiskeys. Uh, they've got, uh, they were put on the map in 2010 with uh, one of the awards that they won, where they went head-to-head with, uh, with some Scotch whiskeys and, uh, and a, an American bourbon and actually stole the show and won. 2012, they were uh, won Scotch Whiskey of the Year, uh, World Whiskey of the Year with Jim Murray Whiskey Bible with their sherry which is one of my favorite whiskeys and what really brought me to the love of sherry uh, in whiskey. In the 2015, Vino Barrique won World Whiskey of the Year. 2016, back-to-back, again, the, uh, the sherry uh, won again. So they're, uh, they're getting some really, really nice awards, and, and rightly so. But this one I brought over to you, this is the ex-bourbon. You want to taste it? Yeah, let, let's, let's taste it. I'm even going to keep that pause in there. And and I always love your tasting notes. I will tell people, we talked about this before we went on, but I want people to know, I can tell you right now, I concur with Chandler's tasting notes, and, and we did have a long discussion about this, but tell the folks, because I can't understate this enough, I love Chandler's tasting notes. I appreciate that. They're, they're one of my favorite things ever, just listening what he got. But he said some of the stuff on here, and, and I'll talk about it for a second after he gives his notes. But after he said it, I was like, you know what? You're 100% right. But Chandler, what did you get on this one? So I got a little honeycomb, like honeycomb cereal, golden graham. I got a little Mexican uh, fried ice cream where the honey meets the corn, cornflake, and the small touch of banana fruit. And I got a little eggnog on the finish. And the thing about me, people know that I pull out some crazy shit. But uh, it, and a lot of folks laugh about what I what I pull out. But you know, my my thing is that we all have experience and and uh, knows and what we remember. Going back to the age of two, we've we've got that in our memory. 
And uh, no matter how crazy it might sound, the first thing that come to your mind, it might be a color. It, uh, and I, I remember that color. That color usually moves, and it, and it uh, moves to something that, uh, that my, my mind uh, finally forms a shape around, and I'm able to figure out, okay, what is that? All right, and I write it down, and, and uh, it's always been a lot of fun for me. Another great thing is to uh, develop your palate is to uh, download the cheat sheets. The whiskey wheels are a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a good one for these, because they're more scotch-like, would be, uh, uh, let's see, Dr. Jim Swan's uh, Whiskey Wheel. And uh, one of the craziest things on there is, uh, is Fancy Floss. And if you don't know what that is, that's, co- that's cotton candy. So very Fancy? Oh, fancy so, so it's because it's the, you know, it's like them saying chips instead no, of aluminium. fries. Aluminium. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they say the letter Z, it's uh, Z. Z, yep. <laughs> aluminium. Yeah. So what do you think of the bourbon? I think it's fantastic. So this is 46% ABV, so 92 proof. It's going to be more of a, an approachable drinker, but I still think it's bold with some flavor and spice. And the funny thing about this is on, on the nose, it's sweet. It's got a little bit of that scotch stuff to it. Oh, yeah. But it's not peaty. No. It's not peaty, but but it has something where I think it's almost a hybrid between a scotch and a bourbon mm-hmm. where you're going to get a little bit of notes of, of one and you're going to get notes of the other, but the nose is more scotch forward Definitely than more scotch forward. forward, and that's the malted barley there. One thing I will say is that you don't get the oiliness that you do with scotch. That's really what separates it for me, but uh, fantastic product. They get more visitors out here in a given year uh, to their distillery than all of the combined distilleries in Scotland get in a year. So, really? Yeah, the, the, uh, the Asians, they're, uh, they're really big fans of, uh, of their whiskey. How much does this one go for? So this is going to be about 128 bucks, depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. And what's the age? So about four, four to six years for this. But it's in more of like that scotch category. And I have to think that Taiwan is aging. You know, the climate is different than Scotland. Mm-hmm. So a four to six year malt that is in Taiwan would be a little bit different than a four to six year malt in Scotland. Oh yeah, Scotland, you're a zero to 2% angel share a year, if that. And uh, so you're not really ever going above two. And some people don't even get to two. So these guys, they experience a very, very hot summer, but uh, they're also a very, very cold winter. They sit at the, uh, the foothills of uh, the snowy mountain range that uh, the Siberian winds in the winter come down and, and uh, are very, very cold. And it's a good thing because they get the snow melt and that's their water source. So it's very, very pristine and clean, which is what we all know it, uh, is what uh, really separates great whiskeys. Well, I, I'm a fan. I've seeked out Cavallon before, but I definitely will continue to seek them out in the future. And Chandler, we always thank you for everything you do. And we thank you for coming to hang out with the show. I know that you have a whole portfolio with Best Brands and you are working to make Nashville continue to drink and drink well. Where can the folks find you personally? Because you have an Instagram that, that you hang out on sometimes, right? I'm ChandlerBuck76. Everybody go find Chandler. Everybody go find us at Dad's Drinking Bourbon on Instagram and Facebook, Bourbon Dads on Twitter. Please rate and review us just like we rate and review whiskey honestly on your favorite podcast app. We thank you, Franklin Wine and Spirits, for letting us come out for the Bourbon Social. We hope we get to do another one soon, and we will see you all here in Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.